Crank up that diesel. Um, um, um. Let's go diesel. Um. been kind of taking stock of the names that have been coming up for us at pick 11 right guys that we visited to the pro days guys that we brought into a top 30 visit uh just names that i think that are realistic options for us 11 and i want you guys to talk me into each one of these prospects okay let's start at the top right talk me into drake london one of you please because I, it's a very polarizing player i feel like there's a lot cool. of um back and forth in the fan base about him Specifically, somebody <laughs> talk me into Drake London. Hey, man, I know Cliff is not the biggest fan of Drake London, but look, 6'5", 220. Yes, we don't know his 40 time, but I mean, I felt like the kid was a playmaker at USC. I know he didn't have a lot of big plays, but I mean, he could be an option that comes in and, you know, could compliment Terry McLaurin and Curtis Samuel, or Kurt, I should say, if he actually plays. Um, I think he could be a great compliment to those wide receivers because he'd be a different type of receiver that we have. He's a big threat, red zone threat, which we obviously need. Um, obviously, we don't know where Diami's going to be at with his growth. So, and obviously, the ceiling for Drake London would appear higher than what Diami Brown is offering us. So, what's the ceiling? What's the ceiling? Dallas Goddard. Cliff, <laughs> <laughs> I don't know why you're killing this man like he's a tight end. I thought I saw receiver capabilities at USC. I know he didn't have super plays like Jameson Williams out here, but I thought he was, I thought he was pretty – he's a playmaker. No, I'm just skeptical. You, if you don't make big plays in college, then you're not making big plays in the league. Receivers who I didn't see make play like huge plays in college who then did it in the league. They don't exist. <laughs> like, because you you can't convince me that you can't be out here. You're not out here making big plays versus Washington State, but I'm supposed to believe you're going to make him versus the Rams? Well, Cliff, if you don't see, if you feel he's not making plays or they're making up big plays in college, why is this guy considered such a top 10 prospect? Like, clearly there's something, there's something there that everybody's seeing. You know what I'm saying? I'm not saying it's just you. I'm just saying overall. Clearly they're feeling like there's, there's a ceiling that this guy can reach. I mean, there's obviously there's talent there. I'm not even saying I'm not saying he's a bum or anything like that. It's just we're talking about pick eleven, and I'm not gonna lie. It'd be one thing. See, here's the thing about the testing stuff. It'd be one thing if when I saw Drake London, because I'm because y'all know I was a Slovis guy watching USC for a little bit. It'd be one thing if when you watched him in college. He was out here just looking like a super athlete, right? He's got the physical, like he's big and strong, like catch point, you know what I'm saying? Catch radius, all that. It's all there. Yeah, but the reason I keep seeing you having to go for jump balls is because you're not getting any separation, bro. And we've been through this before. With your man. Hey, please, we're not going to do that. We're not going to do that. I'm not comparing him. I'm just saying... I have a hard time saying how if you did if you weren't athletically in terms of speed, agility, separating yourself from these guys in college, you're not doing it in the league. It's so cool you a big body, but this is pick 11. 
Mm-hmm. We're taking a what, what? What? Paul say a move tight end at eleven? He's not a. I, I don't understand where this comparison to a tight end came from. I understand yeah, Logan Paulson and all them were doing it, but I just I don't see that. Yeah, this guy is a receiver. He's a big body. I love Vincent Jackson's R.I.P. Mike Williams. You know what I'm saying? A, like, yeah, but well, like Mike Evans is a big body receiver. I gotta push back a little bit. I, I, as much as I want to believe that he's a Mike Evans type, but he, he's just not. Like he's. I kind of, at first when I heard Logan Paulson say, for those who are wondering what the reference is, Logan Paulson said on John Combs' podcast that he sees Drake London as a Jordan Reed type of prospect. Like best case scenario, he's like a Marcus Colson type. I'm like, okay, I can accept that. Um, what I would say to you, Cliff, is that playmaking is relative. And just because somebody can't run like Jameson Williams and score from anywhere in the field doesn't mean their playmaking isn't valuable. Is it valuable for 11? That's where I, I could get into a debate with you. Like, would you want somebody like Jordan Reed Levin? I, I don't know. I don't know. But if you're telling but me, I don't say you don't know, Paul. Levin production. You, 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 you said you would. Go ahead. <laughs> no, no, I would take Jordan Reed. If I would take Jordan Reed level production at pick 11, no doubt. But my caveat was is that I don't see Drake London in Jordan Reed. Jordan Reed moved different than every tight end I had seen before and since. If you could tell me I could get a Jordan Reed clone who's always healthy at pick 11, I would say yes. But I don't think Drake London is that. That's my point. Look, this is this is all, this is is all. the last I'll say about Drake London. Let's hope that on Thursday, he's not the pick. When it comes to receivers and running backs, I am not taking you on round one unless you – because if you think about the running backs, even like if we were even shift to a running back conversation in a way, the running backs that are successful in the NFL, you it's very rare you see a guy who wasn't breaking long runs in college be successful in the NFL running back. Right. Cause like you even even the guys who run who run four sixes, because that's why I'm saying it's not even about your speed. If you're not making plays down the field as a wide receiver in college versus fucking Arizona, right? <laughs> like, like no, on the Pac-12, I mean, no, come on it's, but it's, it's not even even shit on the Pac-12. Like, even when we talk about like someone like Traylon Burks, who Paul and I have gone back and forth about, I see Traylon Burks making big plays in college, big plays versus big versus Bama versus whoever he makes plays versus. Him. You, so when they put the tape on and they're like, well, oh, in the, in the, in the, at the combine, he ran a four, five, five. It's like, yeah, but when the game starts, he's, it's clear. And by the way, four, five, five is not even bad. It's not slow. But when the game, when I see him versus Bama running away from all their players, I know that's a big time play. That's a big time player. He makes big plays. Why would I? So tell me this though, Cliff. Tell me, tell me this though, Cliff. When you see Drake London play, you don't see, you don't see his game speed. You don't think he's fast? Because I see, I, I think he has some pretty good speed. What do you? And mean, first, remember, I told you on the group chat. I thought if he had ran to forty, I felt he would have ran like a four, five, six if he was healthy. But that is a first. That, that was just you that and I. You and I talked about that forty stuff. I've never heard of a receiver. <laughs> this is no bullshit. I've really never heard of a receiver not running who. Clear as day wasn't fast as shit already. Yeah. Like, I've never heard of it, right? Because receivers run 40s, man. That's what the fuck they do. Mm-hmm. 
They they run it. My man just fractured his ankle though, Cliff. Don't remember. Don't, don't forget that he fractured his ankle. Nah, nah he nah. just got back in time to run drills. That's, yeah, that's what he tells us. So, but then he also said he felt he feels better and he felt before the injury. So what we talk about here? So uh, <laughs> you feel better than you did. Before? What we talking about? <laughs> like my thing is, what would you have run if you thought you were going to run a four or five? You would have run. Mm-hmm. I feel that's you. All? Because receivers run hey. It's like a corner. A corner out here just not running a 40. What? One thing I'm trying to tell y'all too is, and I've been saying it for a little while, you better be open to this Drake London pick because I'm sure we'll get to it at some point. But I think this is – he's at the top of the board, man, in my opinion. He's, they smoke screening, y'all. We'll, we'll be, I hope so. They smoke screen. I just – look, I'm not going to just like completely disregard it, all right? Because what the fuck do I know? But I can't really think of receivers who weren't big play, regardless of their size, physique, whatever. I can't think of guys who weren't big play guys in college who turned out to be much in the NFL. No doubt. Can't think of them. Whether it's catching a fucking five-yard slant and housing it, he don't do that. (laughs) Right? So so, understand the assignment at all. I said. Told me into Drake London, and he spent 10 minutes talking about how, what a bum he is. I knew Cliff was going to go with him, but I'm trying to tell y'all. Y'all bet. Look, Cliff, I feel you. Listen, I, fucking, I, I, didn't, I, I, I understood the assignment. I, I just wanted to make sure. Would do this. It's like one of those assignments when they're like, how what, How did the pilgrims welcome the Native Americans? I'm like, well, teacher, <laughs> I don't know if you heard. <laughs> they weren't welcoming at all. There's just an overall tendency to compare every light-skinned, big-body wide receiver to Mike Evans, and we need to accept that Mike Evans is one of one. But I don't even think he plays a lot like Mike Evans. I think he's more like... I don't want to say he's Mike Williams because I don't think... Mike Williams got big plays in college, though. But Drake London got some... He got some moves with the ball in his hands, though. Like, we got to give him a little bit of credit. He's not no stiff... Mike Williams is out here in college putting up like three catches for one three. Absolutely. Absolutely. I'm not doing that. All I'm going to say is that if Drake London uh, does the whole Josh Doxson thing where this man can't separate in the pros and they can't figure out how to use him, then um, that's going to be a disaster. I'm with Corey. I think that could be the pick. You know, we'll, we'll get to that. We'll get to that. I praise the smoke screen, but I'm trying to uh, talk myself into it just in case. Um, Corey, go ahead and talk me into Garrett Wilson. Elite, <laughs> elite talent, man. Like I don't—I mean, both of y'all know how I feel about Garrett Wilson, but I ain't gonna lie. Cliff has kind of convinced me that he's not even gonna be there at eleven. But if for some reason he is there at eleven, hey, we should be running to the podium. Um, he's just a pure playmaker, man. Six, like six feet, one ninety or something like that. He's got speed. He can play on the outside. He can play in the slot. I mean, with the ball in his hands, he's – I mean, he just has – he has a high ceiling, bro. And, like, I, I'm going to be honest with you, that's the one I would want them to pick because I think he would compliment Terry. He would compliment Curtis. He kind of reminds me of Diggs. Um, if you want to take a little back further, he, he, he got a little uh, Tory Holt in his game as well. So, me personally, I feel like this dude has everything you want. Nobody catches. It's all hands. goes up, gets the ball catches the ball at his highest point i mean it, it's sky's the limit for garrett wilson i like the tory holt comp 
I've never heard somebody um, give me a tour hold comp. So I guess hearing it kind of was like, whoa, that's kind of like high praise. I got it. Doesn't really get a lot of like love, but like just was productive as hell for ten years straight. But yeah, yeah. Tory Holt get a lot of respect out here, but the way like his stride was, Gary Wilson reminds me a lot of him. So yeah, hey man, I know I know y'all are fans, and I know we are gonna come to another Ohio State player that uh, Cliff might lean towards, but I think Gary Wilson's got it all. Yeah, well let's go let's go with that, uh, Cliff. If you have any thoughts about Garrett Wilson, um, but I do know that you're an Olave guy, so. Well, wait, wait, uh, give me the pros about Olave if you want. <laughs> Gary Wilson is a hell of a talent. He's just not going to be there. He's probably first receiver on the board. He might be. I don't think he's going to be there. I mean, I'd love to draft him if he was there. He's not going to be there, though. Olave. Look, Olave at 11, like that might not feel like maximizing value, but Olave play like a pro. You can't go wrong there, right? He's straight out the Ohio system, the Ohio State system. This is like polished receiver, legit speed. A lot of his, the shit that he brings to the table is like Terry coming out, except he had more production than Terry coming out, mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. Does he have the greatest hands? No. Motherfucker's going to be open, though. And if you run a 4-3 and you can run routes, yeah. you're, you're going to always have separation because corners are going to be terrified. Also another one who compliments all those guys well, man. I was just saying, like, I felt like we could trade down and get a lot. I know you, you kept saying maybe there's a chance that, but also it depends on how the receivers go. Like, if they start running off the board early, maybe he, maybe we'd be in a situation where we have to take him at 11. But I, I kind of felt like a lot of it could be had between 15 to 20, if you know what I mean. I don't know, Corey. Like, the more I think about it, man, and the way these receivers are getting paid, I, th I think yeah. the, the route of getting the young wide receiver over – paying your vets is about to really be the wave. So if you think that you could wait to pick 16, 17 to get Olave, you might be sorely disappointed and, and end up with, and not get any of the big four guys and be stuck with somebody like Traylon Burks. No disrespect to Traylon Burks. But well, I mean, see, see, I'm glad you said that though. Like, we're, 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 yeah, will we really be stuck? Like, what you mean? Like, no, Traylon Burks? There's no disrespect to Traylon Burks, but I personally think that I would prefer. I would prefer Jameson Williams, Chris Olave, or Garrett Wilson. And I, I, I said big four, Drake, London. I'm not as high as London as the other three. I would put him somewhere with Brooks. I wouldn't be like blown if we got him, but I prefer the other three. Those are my guys. You're not going to hear any argument from me on that. I mean, I think the thing about trading back is what if someone trades in front of you? So you can only go back, but so far, my thing with the draft is always going to be, if I take you at, a, if I would take you at 20, then why wouldn't I take you at 11? Because you're not, because the thing about the draft, they, and this shit happens with the NBA too, because of mocks, people start thinking, oh, you're supposed to go in X range. Oh, all the mocks I've seen, they got a lot, because you know what happened if we took Olave 11? The reaction would be like, well, all the mocks I saw had him going yep. 22nd. You know it. It had got him later. It's like, well, yep. those mocks aren't real. One of the worst things that's happened to my Twitter experience is that PFF now has their own mock draft, and every single pick has a grade, but the grade is only based on PFF's, like, big board. So if you yeah. drafted Chris Olave at pick 11, and it gave you, like, a D-minus, and you <laughs> Twitter, you have all these dummies from commanders 
Twitter saying, oh my God, Alave, that's a D minus. I'm like, shut your ass up. <laughs> right. One, draft grades aren't real. Okay, right. they're not real. Two, you got to draft the players you want. Not PFF's college grading system that like, I don't mm-hmm. even get me started on PFF's when it comes, when yeah. PFF's <laughs> when it comes football, I got my issues. I got um, my- all the homies hate PFF. <laughs> PFF in the NFL, I get it. PFF, when it comes to PFF, grading college players who are coming into the league, uh, their, their grading system can't be trusted for this. I'm sorry. But yeah, Olave's nice. You know who my guy is in this draft though, receiver though, so it's not Olave. I think y'all know that. He ain't gonna be there. Who not gonna be there? Jameson? I, th- I don't think Jameson. I mean, you know I love Jameson too. I don't think I'm not, he's gonna be there either. I think it's the closer we get That's to this draft. That the quarterbacks, man, it's all going to come back to where the quarterbacks go. If Jamison is there, you got to take him. You got to take him. Be fucking damn, we draft a, four, a fucking six foot five, 220 pound guy running a four seven instead of a fucking <laughs> Corvette. <laughs> Hey, that man don't run no 4-7, dog. Don't do that shit. Oh, hey, hey, I seen the tape. Eye in the sky don't lie, dog. You keep saying this dude run a 4-7, he definitely going to be the pick on Thursday. Looking like Zach Hurts out there. It's all good. Look, Jamison Williams. Jamison Williams looks like a fucking, like the most stud. Like a fast yeah. luxury car. Yeah. Speed uh-huh. is different, man. The speed is different. The attitude is different. He's a St. Louis dude, too. The attitude is there. He out here hungry. Gunner on punts. Mm-hmm. Bama. You don't have to do that at Bama. Did it anyway. Like Terry at O-State. Like, Same I'm vibe. Big fan. Big fan. Yeah. I would advise anybody that wants to uh, hear a little bit more about Jameson Williams from somebody who studied him closely. Um, I think Kime had uh, pulsing on it. It was either on Wednesday or Thursday, mm-hmm. he was on both days. Yep. One of those days, he talked a lot about Jamison Williams and why he would take him an 11, um, despite whatever injury concerns there might be. Um, he thinks, like just Cliff said, like he could be one of the best players in the draft. If you were completely healthy, he might go as high as the top five. He's that mm-hmm. type of player. Physical, physical, physical. Like talked to multiple wide receiver coaches, and the thing that he does, which every wide receiver coach covers, is that when he has the ball in his hands, he's trying to score a touchdown on every single time. Like, whereas Olave, they said Olave has some, I'm gonna slide out of bounds in him. There's none of that in Jameson Williams. Like, I, I have a no sort of goal line every time I get the ball in the hands. Real, real quick I'm, though, real I'm quick. Hand to get it. Here's the thing though. In the league, going out of bounds isn't bad. <laughs> nah, you gonna get fucked up out here. <laughs> dude, 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 I put it like this. Ted Ginn played, remember they used to get on Ted Ginn for Ducking content all the time. Ted Ginn mm-hmm. played for how many years? Several. <laughs> Why receivers fall down the field? You not gonna be out here surviving getting hit. It's just not a way of life. I don't give a damn what conference you played in. If you're fast, that means you need to get your fast ass out of bounds. Right. Like, don't be out here. I didn't even mean get an extra yard or ducking. Lower that shoulder one time, you're going to never do it again. Promise. Right. No, I didn't mean that as a dig towards Olave. Like, that's totally fine. But what I'm saying is, Jameson Williams, it, 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 he has that type of mentality that 
people actually do like not that it's like a negative if you were like a lave and you just mentioned like he's a gunner on punting he has this physicality about him that's so unexpected from a guy his size oh yeah listen Jamison Williams yeah 100 percent 100 percent there is I saw that guy I can't I think it was like the Georgia game mm-hmm. he mm-hmm. <laughs> in angle that say a lot of times when you'd watch Jamison Williams you could tell the other team had never practiced for someone that fast before. The minute he took off, I think Corey and you and I went back and forth about that um, that Tyreek touchdown versus Buffalo. I think uh-huh. catches that deep that deep big route, and I was like, "Yep," because they didn't realize how fast he was going. <laughs> never seen someone run that fast before. So by the time you realize, oh shit, this motherfucker is way faster than anyone I've really seen in practice. It's too late. Mm-hmm. Down, gone. It's like <laughs> to his shit, man. He could, yep. he, could, he could be like, okay, I'm gonna score this at a 4-4 speed. Actually, you know what? This touchdown, I'm gonna hit the 4-2. Elite talent, bro. Mm. I really hope that our front office takes a long look at him. Like, the narrative around the local media is, well, Riverboat is like, well, Year three, we're taking a step, and maybe this team can't wait on a Jameis Williams to get healthy. But I'm hoping they don't look at it like that because if you really want to get the best players, get the best talent, this brother has the highest ceiling. If you got to wait till October or November for him to get on the field, I mean, so be it. Mm. I mean, I'm with y'all on that. But around here, because once you say, okay, he's going to be back by September, that motherfucker will be back by September. Right, because I wouldn't know, even rush him though, Cliff. Why rush him? I Don't even rush him. Let him get, Corey, let him Corey. get right. Yeah, but if he can't, if he misses seventy five percent of this year, I can't draft him. So what if he's back mid October? Like back back. What back? Are we talking about? Oh, he's gonna play fifteen snaps. I mean, Could if you're looking at it, he got he, he tore the ACL in January, so we can't really expect him to come out there 100 of the snaps early October, right? Yeah, I think this is the other side because remember just how Paul mentioned the wide receiver salaries and what's going on with that. Yeah. I can't then come and take a first round pick who's going to miss the majority of his first season because you just burned a year, yeah. right? And at that point, you now you're essentially I'm getting the same amount of years out of you as I get out of a fourth round. Uh, sorry, out of a second or third round pick. So that part has to be thought about for sure. Let me give you this, though, Cliff. If you know, like you just mentioned, potentially the Sean Jackson speed capabilities down the field, if you know you're getting that, can't hold on for seven, eight weeks. He's, he's your draft pick. He's your rookie. You still have for another four years and maybe beyond. I mean, if that, that's a high ceiling to say I'm a pass on it. I feel you, though, know, like. We need we need impact this year. Like this coaching staff, this organization, we need impact this year. Bro. This thing is a matter. I, I'm drafting. I'm getting a receiver for five years. I think to just essentially loot, potentially lose a year, the first year that has to be taken into consideration. Also, because I'm in year three, bro. By the time he's on the field, I might not be here. <laughs> Shit, the owner might not be here either. Let me stop. <laughs> it's been said that. Um, folks at um, in Ashburn, I should say, um, like the receiving core that we have now, in theory, they like Terry, obviously, and they like Curtis, and they like Diamond, they still have faith in him, and they like Cam Sim. So if that's true, then maybe they could, you know, keep the boat afloat until early October when Jameson Williams is ready to roll. But 
you know, it's also a scary concept of going into a year with a top 11 pick who's hurt and everybody was hurt last year. And it might be a situation where, oh, Kurt's back in street clothes. Oh, James is not ready either. Well, yeah. fuck it. You know, that's not a good look. That wouldn't be good. And Kurt in street clothes already? We already going to say that? Hey, hey man, he missed a whole damn season with a groin. Nothing is past his man at this point. Niggas in team issued commander's gear. You <laughs> <laughs> are the freshest joints on, dog. Mm-hmm. Um, with the fresh crest. <laughs> the fresh crest on it. But y'all know who I am when it comes to the draft, man. I am really hesitant when it comes to drafting players who are injured. It's just a hard thing to do. I don't know. Like I love, yeah. I'm a big Jameis Williams fan. If he if he hadn't torn his ACL, this wouldn't even be a conversation because he would not. Not at all. It just yep. wouldn't be happening. <laughs> hey, what Drake say? Top five, top five, top five. <laughs> um, I I don't see him going there, but he was in for a top thirty pick. He is slated to go like mid first round, and it is a position of need. Um, tell me a little bit about Dax Hill. Why would you take him at eleven? <laughs> I hate how you put that on me because you know that's my squad, but hey, you, you watched him more than anybody, I, right? I I mean, I'm a huge fan of Dax Hill, but I would tell you I wouldn't take him at 11. Um, I think you could get better value at the 11th pick. But with that said, Dax Hill's a ball player, man. Michigan moved him around. He played corner. He played safety. He played slot. Um, he kind of played a role that was like similar to Jabril Peppers, like just moving him around everywhere. Mm-hmm. When, when he took over for Peppers, um, yeah, he's got uh, great playmaking ability on the outside. Like he, he, he's got a good speed, good length. He's got hands. He's got great instinct on the field. Like I said, I wouldn't be the biggest fan of him at eleven, though, Paul. But if we happen to trade down, I mean, he would fill a need for us, and <laughs> we need playmakers on the defensive side of the ball. So he's a missile. I'll say that. Yes, I, I don't know absolutely. much. About, I, don't, I won't pretend to know a lot about Dax Hill. I just know that. He's kind of been uh, emerging in, in people's mocks like a, as a mid-first-round player. And that the few times when I watched Michigan last year, like, he hits. Like, he really does. He makes play. plays. He makes plays on the field. Uh-huh. Yeah, no doubt. Cliff talked me into Stingley. He taught me why I should hope Stingley's there at 11. Cliff, just speak for all of us because you know I'm already on agree with this one. So, I yeah, mean, that's the pick right here, people. I actually <laughs> feel bad for Stingley. Stingley played a great freshman year. All the guys he team with pretty much all went to the league over the next two seasons. The school he was at turned into a fucking train wreck. Right? The <laughs> first won the title. Everybody left. Everybody got paid. Stingley still had two more years of school. Mm-hmm. So, of course, you know what I'm saying? You get injured, you're like, I'm not playing. Right, like any little injury, you're not gonna risk it because you know you still got mm-hmm. like years. Obviously, his tape the, the the like the last two seasons have not been as good as his freshman season. But LSU has been a disaster for mm-hmm. two years. Best that the guy his freshman year, probably the best corner I've seen in the SEC. Looked incredible, incredible. Like looked like a whole potential Hall of Fame player. All I know is the draft's supposed to be about ceilings. Mm-hmm. He has the highest ceiling, period. Yeah. People can be like, well, I, I heard like Chris Sims, like, oh, you know, I can't take him based off his tape as junior. It's like, cool, man. That's cool. 
But see, but see, here's the thing with me about the draft, and this is no disrespect to your man Dax Hill, right? I feel like when we get around draft time, these guys they start talking up certain people because they it's like it's like those people who want to be like, yo, I was listening to that rap. Absolutely, everybody else was. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Out here talking to you about MF Doom is if you know he, you know what I'm saying like and it's not like disrespectful <laughs> to the that player. But like mm-hmm. everybody's trying to be the person who had the random guy that no one knew about. Yeah. Why well, is that guy high in your mock? He's like, trust me, man, I've seen the tape. It's like, whatever. <laughs> Stingley <laughs> is special. Special player. Special. Man corner, zone corner. He's physical. Everything. Was he physical last year? No, you know why? Because I wasn't making no money. seriously seriously though think about it could you imagine you're a freshman right true freshman corner you get you get a school like lsu Mm -hmm. there are dogs all over your offense all over you strapping you strapping in practice you get out here during the Mm -hmm. game strapping everybody during the games you you were american at corner as a freshman all the people you were covering they went to the league and started cooking (laughs) <laughs> Justin Jefferson, even Jamar, didn't Jamar Chase, Jamar Chase sat a year out. Yep. yep. Stingley probably should have played his freshman year and just not played. Anymore. Sat. Mm-hmm. That's probably what he should have done. It's a shame that the system is as such that he would have had to have done that because he, he would have been a top 10 pick after his freshman Easy. year. Easy. Yep. Paul, I ain't got much to add off of what Cliff said, but. I'm just gonna tell the people out there if for any reason Derek Stingley is available at 11, that is the pick we should be making. Period. I don't wanna hear about no wide receivers. We could do that in the, in the later rounds. Derek Stingley is the prospect, he is the highest ceiling. We are in need of a cornerback, and it's not even about need. This dude can elevate our defense to where it needs to go. You have your front. Then you'd have a trio of corners and Fuller, Jackson, and Stingley. You could run man, you could run zone, you could do whatever you need to do. This brother is the real deal. And I'm telling you, if if some kind of way he falls to 11, we I, I just don't know how you could pass on this talent. I don't even know. I don't see him falling out of top 10 because I just don't see them 10 teams being that stupid and letting him slide like that. Because, like I said, and Cliff has said it all, the dude is, I mean, his ceiling is through the roof, bro. And he straps and he's that dude. He's a shutdown corner. You need top corners in this league with all these wide receivers and he's one of them so i don't want to be hyperbolic when i say this or like sensation like sensationalize it too much i mean this in the most literal sense i watch him play he has the best feet for a cornerback i've ever seen in my entire life it's ridiculous ridiculous it's like it's it's almost mesmerizing watching him play out there i'm like wow but like you it's just it's like feet hips, so fluid speed, out there like instinct i don't think that there's nothing that he couldn't do on the edge because he's so fluid he, he moves mm-hmm. with such ease so athletic so long i'm like man like that's the ideal cornerback this is the madden make a cornerback right here so yeah that's the guy um i'm glad you said cliff the highest ceiling like a lot of the fans out there everybody's like receiver 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 the purpose of the draft is get the best players available. Yes, sometimes you, you draft for need, but if you have someone on the board who has the highest ceiling potentially in the draft, you cannot just pass on that talent. So I understand we need offensive weapons, but when you can get a lockdown corner, man, come on now. You just you can't pass that shit up. So I just feel so like I, got draft, I feel like this in this draft in particular, 
there seems to be like a line of demarcation in terms of like the elite players. And it's right around mm-hmm. where we pick, like in that, like the team, the early, early teens areas where it kind of stops. If you're like, well, I'm going to draft Jake Drake London because I need a receiver. It's like, okay, I get it. But if you're passing on, we won't get to Kyle Hamilton in a second. If you're passing on him, Stingley, or if an O lineman drops, let me ask you how this. If one of the type o, top O linemen was to slip, would you draft one? Draft them? Got to take a hard look at it. Um, Got to. I wouldn't do this, but I've heard some people with you know the blue check mark say that Kenyon Green could be an option at mm-hmm. eleven. I would hate it. Um, I wouldn't want to take a, a guard, as Jake Gruden would say, at eleven. Gruden. No matter how much of a dog he is, and he is a dog, but. It's too rich for my blood. We can't afford. We got other. We got bigger fish to fry right now. We're fine at guard. I know it's not about now. It's about the future. Oh, we should, wait, 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 wait. I got my fault. I know I it's not about right now. It's about the future. Yeah, yeah, but you said we all right at guard. What, what you mean we all right at guard? Are you rocking with uh, Norwell and Schweitzer? Because you were shitting on my man Sadiq. You said Sadiq's a boo boo. <laughs> I never said that. I said he's, he's not a tackle, which is clear because now he's a guard. You know, I think I think I, I, was, you- I was I was. Uh, uh, bullseye on that one. So, I I, I said he's a fine swing guard, but right now it's Schweitzer and and Norrell. I mean, maybe he emerges, and that's great. But right now we're, I mean, we're fine at least at guard. I mean, we can say we fine, but keep in mind Schweitzer's only on Schweitzer only got one year left on his deal. Norwell thirty plus at, at the guard position, so you don't know injuries happening. Like you said, at guard so, so or you be, yeah. you want to be good. I know we only had share for what ten games a year, but <laughs> I think um, the top part. I think the issue that we're going to run into with this pick is we have not. We have been one of the teams that hasn't really made a sexy pick in a while. If in the first, definitely. Like it's been definitely. drafting the trenches, and then and then Jamin, whatever you want to call him. So, well, yeah, but I would still say that Chase Young is a sexy pick. But Chase Young was such a such a oh we knew we were drafting that person to the mm. point where there wasn't even a buzz when we drafted him for real. We was we just we waiting for the pick. <laughs> yeah. Right? Yeah. And then it only took a year for people to start shitting on him anyways, because niggas don't know how to treat like we do here. So great fan base. Look, a guard, a guard would get booed by the fan base. <laughs> I think we know that. The fan base just wouldn't. They'd be more like Paul, like, hey, man. But you, here's the thing about drafting guards. You knock it till he blocks, a, till, till we get to a Sunday where they got a dog at D tackle. Right? Oh, we got to block Aaron Donald. Yeah. Like, I feel like, who the fuck was it? Was it Cosell saying this? And I agree with him strongly. Mm-hmm. It's easy for people to be like, well, we should draft this kind of gadget player Oh, let's draft this guy. But then when the games start, it comes back to the same old shit. We can't block them. Oh, this guy can't actually get open. Oh, this running back can't see. So all this talk of like, oh, I want to draft a gadget player. I want to draft a speed guy. It's cool to be like, we're going to draft Jameson Williams till we're a month in and we're like, well, we don't know James Williams going to be back. We can't block nobody. Oh, wow, we can't block anyone. Oh, look, Diami's still not getting open. Shit like drafting a guard is frankly what teams do to build successful teams. 
It's just that you better hit. Can't be drafting no guards in the bus, dog. I had already like thought about firing off like a um a high and mighty tweet about like don't be surprised when we take Kenyon Green eleven on on Thursday night. Like I, like of course that would be a solid pick. Like I wouldn't be like upset about it in the long run. I think that what you said is accurate. Is that I probably would be like it's it, you know just I can't go to YouTube and put a lot of highlights about Kenyon Green. You know like I want to be able to do that on Thursday night. I want to go and see oh. Draft for Olave. Let me go look at my Olave highlights. It's just what fans do. They just want to get excited about the flashy pick. And he would yeah. be flashy. He would be solid. Very solid. Yeah. In the draft, I feel like people, shiny things, man. Remember Corey and I used to always go back and forth because Corey wants to take a wide receiver every year. Round one. <laughs> like, and that's, and like, I've grown, Griff. I've grown. My thing, <laughs> my thing is, like, I get it. But we know what wins games in this league, man. And like the truth is, you don't teams don't win games because of wide receivers, man. We know this. Yep. So that's why we talked about Stingley. Let's talk about Hamilton now. Who wants to take this yeah. one? Paul. You should Paul, you should take one. Oh, yeah, Paul, go ahead and get that. that that's the that's, that's your man. Okay. <laughs> okay. I'll take it. Um th- this is what we do as fans and the media has a big part in this you know all the the draft twitter uh elements they go into the stage of overthink after four months of being you know pelted with all this information about prospects right you start not thinking about what they can do you start thinking about the things they can't do right and this is you know the latest examples cal hamilton right it's been like a top three prospect for a year now and now that it's oh you know, his four year might be a little bit slow. Let's just erase three years of, of production, of on field production, of tape. This guy is a dog. Like, I, I, I don't know where you're going to put him on the field. Some people say he has the body of an outside linebacker. Uh, you know, they worry about like his size and like, I, I don't know. I don't really, you know, get why that's relevant. I turn on the tape, this guy's making plays. And he's, he's at Notre Dame, which means he's playing. The country's best. He's playing the SEC. He's playing the ACC. He's playing in the Pac-12. Every stop, making plays, shutting folks down. Um, I, I just don't see how you could look at him and be like, "This wouldn't be a home run pick at 11 if we were taken." But that's just my. Opinion. I'm with you. I'm with you on that, Paul. Um, to be honest with you, if, it's, if Stanley's not there, Hamilton will be my next pick. Um, you can't pass on talent like that, man. Like you said, this dude has been looked at as one of the top prospects since he stepped foot at Notre Dame. And all this 40 talk, I don't want to hear that shit. Turn on the tape, sideline to sideline. If you want him in the box, you want him to blitz, you want him to guard a tight end, he could be deep safety. <laughs> do whatever you want him to do. This dude is a ball player. And again, a la Stingley. If for any reason this brother drops to us, there's no way. I don't even see what the debate is. And I understand, again, the offensive weapons, da 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 Mm-hmm. You can feel, you can find another receiver in a later round, second round. Team brought right. in players like Michi. Maybe you can find a prospect like Michi or George Pickens in the second round. Right. You cannot pass on a talent like a Kyle Hamilton, man. This is an elite ball player. And again, like I said, with Stingley, if he's there, I mean, it'd be hard to pass. Right. And, th- and this is coming from a guy I personally really love, Jalen Petrie. Like I've mentioned it on this podcast a couple of times. I ball like player. I yeah. like Juwan Brisker too out of Penn State. Um, mm-hmm. I like Dax Hill. Like all these guys could, in theory, play this. Uh, Buffalo nickel, the most overused term in commander's history. Um, 
but like none of these niggas aren't on, on Hamilton's level. They're not like, mm-hmm. like we said earlier, we we're talking about Mike Evans, like one of one. I'm not saying like Hamilton is like a one of one prospect, but like none of those dudes can do what Kyle Hamilton can do. You know I'm saying he can blitz, he can cover in a slot. Like I, I don't know if I would trust him with the fastest guys in the NFL, like like on the outside on the perimeter. We're talking about patrolling the box, somebody like who could fill like in run support, something that we've suffered a lot with with Jamie Davis in the past year and at times with um Holcomb. It's just like it, it fills such a significant need. And he's such a good prospect. Like, why would we overthink this? Position flex, riverboat voice. Position <laughs> flex. You know, he kind of reminds me of too. Um, I'm not gonna put the Derwin thing on it because I, I mean, obviously, you know, Derwin is a special type player, but he plays a lot like Justin Simmons. I think he's a little bit more physical than Justin Simmons, but mm-hmm. Kyle Hamilton can play anywhere for you, man. He can be a deep safety. Like we, <laughs> how many I times we can talk about back we, there? Yes, back there. Absolutely, and also depending on the down and distance situation, you can put him in the box and have, have him cover, cover the urges of the Goddards of the world. Well, so, you know, the, the interesting thing about the draft, especially when it comes to like testing scores, is that. There's a couple positions where your testing scores, it's not that they are relevant, but that being some crazy super athlete isn't, is, should not be a deciding factor because it's clearly an instinct position, right? I feel like middle linebackers that way. Hence, like someone like Nick Bolton from last year, right? He had terrible testing numbers, didn't he? Bolton from Missouri. Mm-hmm. Kill. It's turned out to be a dog, Cliff. Yep. It's it's your, dog. Because it's because it doesn't really matter if you run a four or five if you don't know where the fuck you're going, Jamin Davis. Mm-hmm. So like, yep. <laughs> like, but real shit though. Real shit. Me 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 me. Like, your, your athletic <laughs> positions, like running back, is the same way. They're guys who run four sixes, four sevens, who are dogs in the NFL running back. Because it's not about like what does it matter if you run a four three if you don't know where the fuck to run. Or you don't Zero have instinct. You don't have the instincts for it. Mm-hmm. Safety is another one of those positions, based on like the uh, research they've done. Safety is another one of those positions. They're guys who run. We had Monte Nicholson, wasn't he like a four three guy? Monte. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It can make up for mistakes, but if you're playing slow, then it doesn't matter that you run a four three because you're not running four three on the field. Because you, you, you're not processing fast enough. Right? So, look, Hamilton, when you watch Notre Dame play, that motherfucker didn't like you, Randy. He liked the fastest person on the field at all times. Uh-huh. Literally. <laughs> Literally. My only, my only question to y'all is, is that a position you drafted 11? Now, maybe that's me that needs to, like, adjust to, like, this is a new position in a way. I just feel like that's a little rich for my blood. Um, I would counter with this. Our defense never looked better at any point during the past two seasons as to when we were using that position on the field. So it's like, it is a rich for my blood or too rich for my blood sort of pick, but he's going to be playing 90 snaps, 90% of the snaps Absolutely. for us. Week in, week out. Like, it's not like he'd be a, a niche player that's only seeing the field 45, 50% of the time. Like, he's going to be on the field a lot. Yeah, but how, to that point, about, Cliff, like, how much of an adjustment is that? Like, he's, because this is, this is, this would be a new position for him. 
Right. But also, but that that's what I was about to follow up with, Cliff. We don't know, obviously, with his skill set, you can line him up anywhere. So I'm sure we'd use him in the Buffalo nickel, but maybe on third down, long distance, he could be the deep free, and we could have McCain closer in the slot or moving Cam Curl closer to the line. I, it's just so much you could do with Kyle Hamilton. I don't think he, I don't think we would just stick him at Buffalo nickel, so to say. You could also, you could move Cam Curl down to the box. Curl was excelling at that that position. I mean, you could it's it's a it's mix and match. You could do so much with him too. So, I right. think he would move around a lot if we had him. Right. No, I I I hear what you're saying, Corey. Uh, I think that they would probably simplify it for him a little bit, like coming in, just because it would be a transition. Because he's not going to be playing the same position he was playing at Notre Dame. It's going to be slightly different. But for somebody like him, he like he's so athletic and he, he's so instinctual. Like we mentioned earlier, like. Even simplifying it, he could probably still make plays for you. Just ask him to do a couple of things. Anywhere. You know and then eventually you ask him, okay, we're going to expand this position and you're going to be doing, you know, patrolling the back seven pretty much, like from your mm-hmm. position. Like you're that mm-hmm. sort of playmaker. Once you get comfortable, now this is how we're going to move. Look, he's another elite player. If we were to get him at 11, we'd be lucky as shit. So <laughs> <laughs> sprint up there with the fucking draft card. Straight up, because if you told me go, if you had told me in December he'd be available whenever we picked, no I wouldn't have believed you. No way. <laughs> I remember going into the season, people thought we were going to be trash. They were mocking us to be like have a top five pick, and they had us taking mm-hmm. right. Mm-hmm. People thought Hamilton would go. This actually kind of reminds me of um, Jonathan Allen and some movies. Yeah. Even though, like, going into the draft, we didn't think Jonathan Allen would still be there. We never even considered that Jonathan Allen would be there at our pick. We were saying no chance. Ain't no way he's falling up. Like, doesn't really make any sense. Don't know what's going on there. If Hamilton or Stingley are there, I'm taking them. I'm sorry. Absolutely. Wide receivers, they're nice and all, but we've taken a lot of defensive players lately. Oh, wow. <laughs> Holy yeah. shit. That'd be how many years in a row? But don't make that the reason, Cliff, why you avoid oh. taking an elite talent. Oh, you That's can't make I mean. it the reason. You know I mean? No doubt. Yeah. No doubt. No doubt. But at some point, <laughs> at some point, we would have how many first round picks on our offense that we drafted? Wait, who did we take in the first round in 2017? In the first round? Was John 2017 or 2018? 2017, that was, I think that would have been John Allen. It was John Allen. So we've Payne was 18. Like, this is a player in the first round every draft since 2017. Mm-hmm. Um, if you can include Montez Sweat. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he's first round. Yeah, we have to include wow. Montez because shit ton. Well, oh, shit ton. Yeah, we've we've draft like our only offensive player that's Haskins, right? RIP. Mm-hmm. Yep. And yeah, it's, it is a lot. It is a lot. And it wasn't going to be Haskins. It was going to be Sweat. Right? Mm-hmm. <laughs> so it was yep. like, they weren't even going to take. So it's been a while. Until Dan stumbled off the fucking boat. Off the yacht. <laughs> off the yacht. <laughs> stumbled into the park like, they take Haskins. <laughs> <laughs> they take Haskins or fight me. <laughs> um, but then we also threw all his paperwork. Go, let me stop. Well, honestly, hey, hey, the whole time, uh, Kyle Smith was ready to squabble, though. <laughs> I was. 
<laughs> but really, you know what happened is we took we took we took Corey Man Dox and we were traumatized after dog. <laughs> Hey, y'all never gonna let that doctor shit like, die. We gotta stick with defense, dog. Yeah, you know what? You know why I'm not gonna let the doctor shit die? Can you guess how many career catches Doxon has had? Had because he's done. Can you can you guess his career number of catches? Take a wild guess. Can I guess two? Yeah. <laughs> I I guess. Um, I'm gonna say no I'm gonna say sixty. Now you're a little low. You're a little low there. <laughs> a little low. Okay. Yeah, more than that. Jeez. See, seventy-seven. Don't feel like it. It definitely don't feel yeah. like it. My how many he got, Cliff? At eighty-one in his career. Let's see how many did he have in DC. I know how many drops he had. <laughs> oh no, my bad. He only caught passes here. He he didn't. That must he, he shit with the, he's with the Jets or something, right? The Jets or something. Vikings. 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 Basically Vikings. out of the league after three years. He was Ooh. also 26 in his third year in the league, which was the biggest red flag. And now I think that's the one that we ignored. He was 24 when we drafted him. That's a red flag. Man, as far as, um, you know, like highlight reels go, and obviously we all know that highlight reels don't indicate anything about a player's like transition to NFL, but he was impressive. Like that was an impressive dude at T- TCU. Like I think mm-hmm. that even I knowing that like jump ball specialists are hit or miss in the league, I bought the hype. I was like, now nah, we got one. He was yeah, so good. But- I think, he, but the problem is you just didn't realize he was like four years older than the guys he was playing against. Well, yeah, he didn't realize he had no desire. He, he didn't love the game. Like he was just like, yeah, oh, whatever. That's who. That's who. I'm here. That's who he on. He was on his Ben Simmons out here, literally. Didn't he Standing leave very Wyoming to go back home because <laughs> homesick or something like that? I remember like somebody had made a big deal about it, and I at the time I was like, "Man, shut up! Why are you hating for?" But maybe that's something to even like re- like revisit at some point and be like, "I wonder if the, that really held any water," you know? What that he was homesick? Well, the, like somebody had asserted that he was um, didn't love the game. At Wyoming, and like he ended up, you know, just leaving Wyoming program and going home. Like I said, my guess is he didn't <laughs> like Wyoming. I think Wyoming would make any of us homesick. If, <laughs> oh, Paul, if they shipped your ass out to Wyoming when you were eighteen, <laughs> yeah, I'd be devastated. Anyways, that guy sucked. Yeah. It was a terrible yeah. pick. And di- didn't John Gruden want to, Gruden wanted Michael Thomas, right? Is that that year? Mm-hmm. Yep. Sure did. Looks like you got that one right. Uh, Gruden got a lot of them right. If we're keeping it a stack, uh, mm-hmm. say what you want about him as a head coach, but he could evaluate talent like on like low key was very good at it. He got us a couple like late round like gems. I, th- I think about like the Chris Thompsons of the world. Like I think like, like, Chris Thompson every single year. Mm-hmm. Oh, listen. Anyway, Jay Gruden ended up at the wrong place. That's all. Like, he got offered a job by the wrong franchise. And another franchise... Just pass it up, though. Yeah, and another franchise he probably does better. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. All right. Um, so let's make an official pick for um, Thursday night. Um, let's, do, let's do two things. Let's do the pick that you wish that you wanted, that you wish that you could get. Like, if it was your draft board, who would you take 11? 
and then also give me like who you think they end up will they'll end up taking sorry um who you think they'll end up taking at 11. so i'll go first and i mean if jameson williams was there that'd be my guy 100 percent uh, i do think it's going to be cal hamilton i don't think jameson williams is going to be there i think hamilton will be there and i think that as much as they want to draft a good player, which he is, I think they want to get somebody that will satisfy the fan base. And I feel like most fans are would be happy with that sort of pick. Uh, puts butts in the seats. It uh, gets fans like, moderately excited because he's, you know, a big-time college player. So um, I think that will be the pick on Thursday night at 11. Um, for me, who I want, I already said it. I want Derek Stingley, man. If some kind of way Derek Stingley is available at 11, there's no hesitation. We should be making the pick as soon as the clock starts ticking. Um, that's cornerback one, arguably the best talent coming out in the draft, and Derek Stingley. Who do I think they're going to take? Wide receiver out of USC, Drake London. I think that's going to be the pick. Um, Riverboat likes those type of targets or those type of that type of skill set coming from a wide receiver, uh, especially with his history at Carolina. Carson Wentz, the new quarterback, likes big wide receivers with big catch radiuses. Um, obviously, we apparently they're all in on Carson, and maybe they're going to do what they feel Carson would need. So what I want to happen, Derek Stingley, what I think is going to happen, Drake London. Well, well Car- for the record, Carson ain't really fuck with Alshon, Jeffrey. We know that Carson liked Dallas Goddard and Zach Ertz. Carson was rocking with Pittman last year, though. He was getting that kid big target. I was a, see, I was about to get into that, and I was going to make a recommendation to Drake <laughs> London. This is based on what I've read about Carson and his affinity for who he throws the ball to. Drake, if you want the ball when you get here, you're going to need to go to Bible service with Carson. Very simple. You're going to have to be. He's going there. <laughs> dude, this is literally going into last year in Indianapolis. That's what everybody uh-huh. saying. Yeah. Oh, Pittman's a born again nigga. He's gonna like throwing the ball. Look, that's this. That's Car- seems to be Carson's preference on wide receivers. Look, <laughs> send that man scripture <laughs> notes. Might get some. Might get some targets, dog. Um, I really hope the pick's not Drake London. I really do. Uh, but I think that's who it's gonna be. Very worried. Who do you want though, Glenn? Who do you want to be the pick? Um, if all if realistic, all the realistic options were available, gosh, I mean Stingley or Hamilton, I would just be like, I just flip a coin. Like, I, right. You know what I mean? Um, I probably go Stingley because I think corners are just they're very important and they're just very important to have, but. A freak of nature, like hey, I want to put him on the field as well. If I had to take one of the receivers, it'd be Jamison. If if all of them were available, so dog, I do understand. And I'm not going to be on some "I told you so" shit with Drake London because I don't think he's going to be a bust. I think it's just one of those things to where, like, if you don't physically blow him away in college man the league is just it's such a level up man i just have a hard time like like he put up big numbers because he got big targets 
I would be really blown if I if he came here and I was right about him. That'd be a I'd be really blown, honestly. I wouldn't even be. I just wouldn't even be sizing. I just really would be blown. That'd be back to back picks where they screwed it up. If we're being honest, so I hear you, Cliff. If they do take Drake London, I I'm hoping they know what they're doing. Mm-hmm. That's all I can say. I'm not. I'm not gonna kill him. I think he has potential, but I got my concerns like you do. Um, but something tells me he's gonna be the pick, man. Yeah. Uh, this, this don't really mean much. Um, but uh, not Zayvon. Um, who was it? it was Chien had a poll up the other day about uh the faith in the um front office and the and the staff mm-hmm. that's going to this draft board this weekend and um how it's just the second draft that they've had and you know last year's uh you know could have gone better Jamin is switching positions already which is not a good look you know Cosme looks like a fine and the, the rest uh outside John Bates is very much in the air and uh yeah I mean I think they have a good front office I, I like the Martys I like um you know Don Warren and, and Gribble and um uh guys who run the college department everything like that I, th- I think they do a fine job I think I have complete faith that they'll draft somebody fine at 11. I, I can't think of a pick that would be a complete disaster to me. Uh, I think they'll be fine. They'll be all right. I mean, look, I think the Jamin thing is they they took Jamin, they put him in a position they thought he could play. It turns out it's not. He just was. He's not ready for something like that. So I'm not even going to write off that pick totally yet. I just think. Next year, you got to get something out of it. Or it's uh, yeah, they better. Yeah, after. they better. They right. better. And if that even means, okay, he goes to the will, cool. Mm-hmm. Fucking good. Yeah. First round pick. I'm not giving them a pass for that, man. I'm not saying y'all are either. But they should have seen those that situation with Jamie coming. Like, he was somebody who had to play. I don't, I don't think he played linebacker every year in Kentucky, if I'm not mistaken. I don't think he played middle linebacker every year in Kentucky. I think he was more outside. Like, I don't remember the full his yeah. whole career, but yeah, he was not a full-time middle linebacker. Um, you know, remember we are having this conversation a year ago, probably on this day a year ago, talking about how I didn't like fast risers because it, it just they, they need time. Like, Jamie yeah. was a one-year starter in college. You know, I know he played for um, Cliff's boy um, – Mark Stoops, yeah, Mark, boy, Mark, my boy, hell of a coach, though. But we were like, well, I, I, I can trust that he'll be ready to roll, and and that's you know great until he actually has to do it. But like, he just, I don't he trust lost, guys man. year one that that are just popping up on the scene. Like he has no reps, so yeah. you know maybe he'll be a goodwill. And if that's just. Uh, you know, you're, you're playing on 75% of snaps and you're you're a good will linebacker. That's fine. I'll take that. I'll take it. I'll take yeah. it because our linebackers have lack. So, like you said, Paul, like you said, Cliff, if he happens to be great at the will of a linebacker position, that's great. But they better figure it out because oh, we yeah. cannot afford a situation where he has zero impact on the defense next year. We can't afford that. Right. He's got to it, step up. So. It's going to be a disaster. And I say a disaster if it's like week 10, he's on the bench for – the majority yep. of the game and David Mayo's getting snaps. Like, that would be that's a, a problem. Disaster. That's it's a problem. It's a problem, but you yep. know, the thing about linebacker is that's an easy position. Just move on at, you know what I mean? I, I think you could, but it would stink that we wasted a first round pick on that situation. It you would. know what I mean? Like, it no doubt would. It would definitely would. Right. It definitely would. Especially when JOK is uh, hooping out in Cleveland. 
Yeah, but where were they going to say? You wanted them to take JOK round one? No, but he, he's just one of the guys that, like, was – They could have got him round two. Had, and people really yeah, – But round two, you don't get – like, the, our draft would have just been so different, right? Yeah. The Cosby pick was a good pick. Diami's a mix. Like, it's hard. Look, we can make all the excuses about quarterback play that we want. Diami was just as big a disappointment was a, as big a disappointment to me as Jamin was. He was. No so problem. both of them got answer, questions to answer. I think I, my only concern with receivers is, and it'll be the same thing for whoever we pick if we take a receiver round one. If the if receivers don't play well round year one, you need to get worried. Because mm-hmm. the rookie, like especially now even that the rookie receivers are better than they've ever been. If you draft a rookie receiver round one or two, especially round one, and that receiver's not productive round one, whether it's because of injury or whatever, that is a red flag. Mm-hmm. The history of those guys turning their careers around after that year one, after not producing year one, is not good. It's the same shit we said about Doxon. Year one, Doxon gave us nothing. No. It was a red flag. I don't give a damn. Oh, my hamstring. Wasn't it? What was, what was Doxon's issue his rookie year? Hamstring? All types of shit. Um, what was it? <laughs> I can't remember. Barely played. It was, it, was, it was his Achilles, remember? Oh, yeah, his Achilles. Achilles foot, something like that. Oh, yeah. red heel. Flag. Achilles? <laughs> Fuck. So, like, that's the main, that's always the thing for me with receivers is they are generally speaking, productive from the start if they're not it's a problem yeah you gotta at least flash rookie year diami didn't even flash then and we can blame all the reasons people want to blame in his defense there were other receivers in this league who didn't have great quarterback play who were at least flashing his rookies so no doubt 